Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, a little low, but yes. Sorry about that. <clears throat> I just want to make sure. A- before- You're on your what? Yeah, I'm on a headset. That's why. Oh, okay. I, I'm home alone. So. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How's summer in Texas? Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> <clears throat> Go ahead and introduce yourself because this is your solo episode, so you get to be a little bit more obnoxious. <laughs> well, my name is Dewan Taylor, brother of Greg Taylor. I am 40 years old. I have two children, a four, wrong age, 13-year-old daughter, Jada, six-year-old son, Terrell. I live in, I grew up in Jersey, but I now currently live in Houston, Texas, where it's flaming hot and too hot for skin. Not good like flame, not good like the Cheetos. No. This this is this has been a very interesting summer so far because apparently we're supposed to have another episode of the um mesquite flavored air this week. Ugh. From the forest fire winds, and I'm like Oh yeah. The alert is supposed to be for today and tomorrow. I'm like, luckily, I am off today. I'm not leaving my apartment. Yeah, you only be breathing in all that air. Oh, no. I have like 18,000 masks left over from all the COVID stuff, so I'm good, but still. <laughs> yeah, look, I saw the pictures, and it looked like it was Mars out there. I'm like, what the it hell? It's like Mars. I am Legends. It looked like we, did somebody just dropped Doritos powder on the camera. <laughs> and even the next it, the next day, the whole I was um it happened on a Tuesday. I was home all day that Tuesday. I went out that Wednesday night. The whole it smelled like barbecue chips outside. And somebody was like, "Why are you making a joke? It smells mesquite." I'm like, "Because all the fucking trees in Canada are maple trees." They're burning syrup. They, they exactly okay. This is how you know we're related. We have the same twisted sense of humor. Somebody else didn't get that. I'm like, this is why I don't talk to people and I say the fuck home. I already put, I'm already putting an explicit language warning on this episode to prepare everyone for this. Oh, okay. Cause yeah, I'm going to use four letter words when possible. Oh, no. There's going to be a section where there's going to be a lot of them that come up. <laughs> That's like what I did with Shanice. I had to take notes because I want to make sure this doesn't go on any longer than we really want to. Cause I, I did one episode with a friend of mine and we ended up on here for an hour and a half. So that that was a that was a long one. That was probably one of my least watched episodes because it was so damn long. Anyway, so what's it like being the older brother of the devil? Hello, Dewan. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. What the hell happened? Shit. I'm not sure, but I'll edit that part out. Anyway, what's it like being the older brother of the devil? What's it like being an older brother of the devil? I don't know. I don't know how to explain that one. <laughs> uh, we're batting a thousand, huh? <laughs> you, mean... you, my, you were my older brother. What, what do you remember being your first thought process having a younger brother? Um, 
because you're so close in age to me, it wasn't much of a thought process. I had basically a a, a running buddy or something like that, if you want to call it that or whatever. It's pretty much, oh, here's another person. Yeah. It's not like with the, you know, the other two, Robin and Trevor, where they're much younger. You know, we were like, we're, what, a year and a half apart, something like that? A year and nine months. Yeah, so we're like neck and neck with each other, so. So let's clarify the sequence for everybody. Dewan and I are a year and nine months. Shanice and I are three years, roughly. And Robert and Trevor are 10 years plus. So obviously having a recollection of something happening that you had no control over when you were two would make absolutely perfect sense. Right. Um, And we were very, even, even with that closest of age, we were very different people. We still are different people. We're going in chronological order, focus. Oh, okay, my bad. Yes, you we were, were always, very. We were very different people because you were always sports and mechanically driven. I was always more creative and destructive. Definitely destructive. That's. I was trying to be polite. <laughs> that is polite. <laughs> You wanted to put things together. I wanted to take things apart to see how they worked. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I can't remember how much stuff you took apart, whether it was action figures, Hess trucks. It didn't matter. But I could usually put them back together if I needed to. More like if you wanted to. Yeah, okay, valid point. <laughs> I didn't do much of anything I didn't want to. That is very, very true. And you were the more specifically sports inclined. I just did it because I was given no choice. Except for we both hated baseball. Yeah, I like to watch baseball, but I suck at playing it. Especially as I'm taking I did, the baseball to the head. Oh, I didn't like either. I, I liked the sports involved more physicality, although playing basketball was complicated for me. Nah, football was a sport for you. Basketball to be told you can't tackle people. It's like, but you told me not to let him shoot the ball. You have to play defense. Okay, I defended and he's on the ground. Is that not solve the problem? Yeah, that's football, not basketball. <laughs> you were playing basketball. <laughs> okay, but bear in mind, I played basketball before I played football, so no yeah, one gave no. me the rules specifically. Well, yeah, I mean, we grew up in a basketball state. In a basketball part area, so basketball. See, like that the was, but the, the difference with us growing up was I was never sports aware like you were. I didn't really care for sports. Of course. I wanted to do music and all that other shit. You was outside playing basketball. I didn't know nothing about the only reason I knew anything about football was because mommy was a diehard Raiders fan and she had this shit all over the house. You forget about mother and pop up. That's well, our grandmother and grandfather, God rest their souls. But there was a thing. They didn't really push sports on me either. They didn't push it, but every time we went to East Orange, what was on TV? I didn't have to sit. They didn't make me sit there and watch it. Muff would give me a book to read or let me look through the photo albums. You were sitting there glued to the TV watching this stuff from childhood. I was not that kid. 
I w- you had to give me. I, I was not the. I was not the sit still and be quiet type. That was you. I had to have something. You had to give me something to do. <laughs> uh, I saw sports on the TV. I was good. If you didn't give me something to do, I found something to do. And unfortunately, me finding something to do wasn't always the most um, productive activity. No, because things you found to do basically got you the wrong kind of attention. You can't you can't give an overly intelligent child with hyperactive disorder a free reign and no control. You leave me to my own devices, shit's gonna get broken, shit's gonna get taken apart, something may even get set on fire. That ain't nothing to do with intelligence. That's just curiosity. But my intelligence amplified my curiosity to point to beyond what other kids were doing. Other kids weren't randomly trying to take apart technical equipment just to see how it worked. It wasn't just technical equipment. It was just anything. Anything you could take apart, you took it apart. Anything I saw had moving parts, yes. Because <laughs> not much okay. technical about a G.I. Joe doll. <laughs> it had parts. But also, bear in mind, we grew up at like the cusp and transition into the technological era that we see today. So all of our stuff was analog. So if I, if I was growing up now, you may be give me an iPad and I could, as long as I had parental controls, I'd be fine. Back then we didn't have that luxury. Nope. It was when I sat there and read Encyclopedia Britannica. I read every copy of Jet, Ebony, whatever other magazine I could find. Oh, man, I remember Jet Magazines. And, of course, good old page 43. Oh, God. That's a beauty of the week. <laughs> and then go scan to the back to look at the albums of the week or singles of the week. Well, that well, that's where my interest in music and stuff started to come from because I was like, oh, what is all this listed here? Why is this listed? What is the purpose of this? And then someone explained it to me, so I sought that out. You yeah. wanted to be outside rolling around getting sweaty. I didn't want to do all that. That was not my ministry. Was I physically capable? I had to be there. (laughs) Was I physically capable of that? Absolutely. Was it my top priority? Fuck no. Well, remember, you're the one that went on a football field sick, tackled somebody, vomited, and came off the field. (laughs) That's because our coach did. Our coach set me up and said something shady. That was the whole thing. I I always did what I needed to do. Except the coach told me the boy called me a sissy. That's why I laid his ass out. Well, it worked. Our football, co- our football coach knew what buttons to press to bring out my aggression. It worked. That was also why uh, he did not like us both playing on the sa- at the same time. All right. I think I was sick too that weekend, though. But I, I was it, worse off than you. Yeah, but that was the whole thing. I would, I would, I. I was better at managing sickness than you were. I had a higher pain threshold for that kind of stuff. When you got sick, you shut the fuck down. It wasn't a matter of pain threshold. It was a matter of lightheadedness. And if I took a bad hit, I probably would have been laid the hell out. Well, it's also because you had previously had a concussion from baseball. That might have something to do with it. (laughs) But I got sick. I still, uh, to, to have me taken out took a lot. Even as an adult, I think the only time I called out was when I got that kid disowned a couple of years ago. Other than that, I've gone to work in all kinds of shape and condition, and people are like, how are you moving? So if I've gone to work with the flu plenty of times. Just pop some Motrin. 
Keep moving. The only time I couldn't go to work is when I actually had COVID. And that was a different animal. Um, Funny enough, I didn't have COVID really bad. The kidney stone was worse than COVID for me. I heard that was no joke anyway. So that was I. I couldn't move. I was laid out in bed. I called mommy. She was like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "No." She's like, "How'd you get from the hospital?" I was like, "I walked." She was like, "Okay, I live on 175th Columbia Presbyterian. It's on like 168th. It's not that far." Yeah, when you're normal and not in pain. Um, one, I'm not normal. Two, well, no one's I don't normal, but you know, I don't I mean. think the I don't think the morphine had worn off yet. Oh, and you still they still let you walk home? Um, no, the gate. Oh, th- that whole experience was terrible. It was like thirteen hours, and all they told me was it was too small for them to give me any treatment, and I had to let it pass. <laughs> they prescribed me some anti diuretics and some super aspirin, but. What I've realized in the rare occasions I've had to be put on any of those types of things, I don't register intoxication very clearly to people. They couldn't tell. They couldn't tell I was still high as a kite when I left. Oh, just like people can't tell I'm drunk when I'm drinking massive amounts of liquor. Now, funny segue into the next topic: our sperm donor. Oh boy. I knew he had to come up. Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where the explicit language warning will come into play. Yep. Now, this has been a loaded statement our family has said through our lives and elements of it are true. Some of them are not. I look like my father. The one has more of my father's personality traits to a certain extent. I've kind of gotten away from a lot of that. That's why I said it's a loaded statement. Um, I was 14 when you went to send to live with me to live with mommy. I remember you in the ninth grade. So I had to be oh. about, yeah, you, four, you had to be 14. No, I was 13. like, no, no, no. I was 13 because I turned 13. 14 myself. Yeah. I turned 14 my sophomore year. Yeah. It was, you were 13. So. The developmental years of my life were spent mostly in my father's sovereignty, we'll call it. And as I started to turn into my growing self, I was sent to live with my mother, and that's when I went transitioned from Piscataway to Linden. Dewan, unfortunately, was trapped with that person. So the formative years of our life, we had subtly different experiences. Yep. Dewan inherited babysitting responsibilities over two children. I had a job. I had a job too. Well, you well say you had two jobs. You had two jobs by that point. Did I start working for you? I think you did because you started working in a Dunkin' Donuts, right? Yes. Okay, so of of the no, the Dunkin' Donuts was in Linden. Wendy's was in Roselle. Uh, okay, my bad. I remember. Well, I remember Wendy's. I thought because uh, the Dunkin' no, oh, that's it, was, right. it wasn't ro- quite Roselle yet. It was right. No, across we lived from, on. Uh, that's when I lived on Lincoln. Roselle Lincoln. was a couple of blocks over. 
yeah, the Dunkin' Donuts is right there, right off of uh, St. George. St. George. Yeah, that's so. Uh, right. Of the of the of the original three children between me, my brother, and my sister, I was the first one working um, because. Again, I always needed to have something to do. If you did not give me something to do, I was not, I was counterproductive. Dewan inherited both pseudo parental responsibilities and a job of his own. But see, it, it's a weird dynamic because if we put <coughs> surface level pen to paper type of situation, people will see your circumstances like what you more traditionally expect from a teenager growing up. And just to put out there, the babysitting responsibilities was the two youngest brothers, Robin and Trevor. The only reason why... Huh? I'm getting to that part. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Um, So, when you think of a traditional multi-child family growing up, at some point, the older children have some sort of... um, babysitting or custodial responsibility for the younger younger children along with whatever little part-time job they have because the parents have full-time jobs working etc and so forth then they get their little learner's permit and their car and they become the chauffeur for the younger kids and can take the car out when they need it etc and so forth very much stereotypically like what you see on tv and all the shows that teenagers and families and stuff like that People don't know the intricacies of how those things come to be and manifest for different people. Right. Because in your circumstance, part of the result of that was our stepmother passed away. I was 17 and the two youngest brothers, one was four and one was two. So you became a secondary parent by proxy of um, Pat's passing. Yeah. I mean, it took a few months of grieving and stuff, but after a while, I got thrusted into a role I wasn't expected to have until I had my own kids. But that was also foreshadowing for circumstances that later occurred because I part of the reason I had to go live with my mother is because I've always been very opinionated and hyper expressive about my um, thoughts and feelings about things, including my father's behavior or behavior about people around me in general. I got in trouble in school a lot for that shit. I knew my father was a terrible parent. Yep. I knew it from a very young age and constantly reminded him of that. There was one particular circumstance where I literally said to him, I did not ask to be here. Apparently that set a fuse off of him, and he knocked me unconscious and thought he killed me. He then proceeded to call my mother and say he thinks he killed me, and my mother reminded him that he is a firefighter and he knows how to check for vital signs. So if I was dead, he would have known it. I remember that, too. (laughs) So laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny then. it, it It wasn't funny in the moment because the only other times I had been knocked unconscious were in, like, legitimate fights. Yeah. So that was a very <clears throat> interesting thing to wake up to. I was like, oh, this fool knocked me out for stating a fact. Interesting. And that set the stage for my opinion of my father for the rest of my life. There was an incident 
in which I got into an altercation with my stepmother that resulted in him making me go live with my mother, which was probably, in hindsight, something that needed to happen for me to grow into the person that I am. Because just thinking about this, in a retrospect, he and I would have killed each other had I grown to adulthood in his house. Uh, I'm just going to keep it real. You'd still be alive. You'd probably be in jail. Well, then, his great there'd probably be a chance I'd be with you. His well, his greatest fear was always being us turning into the black version of Melinda's brothers, and he said that all the time. Yeah, well, little do Except, you know, there's a couple times where I flipped out on him. You weren't living at the time. Even one time, I threw the middle finger up at him. And yeah, but Pat you, had you, to step in between him, him and me because we were going to go to blows. Well, th- that that was the thing. Once I left, he had nobody else to vent his frustrations on aggressively because that was normally my role because I was the one always barking back at him. But that had been a lifelong battle he had, and I think it bothered him even more because I look like this man. It pains my spirit sometimes. That's part of the reason people don't realize this, but that's part of the reason my hair color changes all the time. The less I look like him, the more I can distance from him. But the fact that I look so much like him, and he literally said, I sound like my mother, whom he hates. I think that set him off more than anything. It was like he was looking in a mirror, but hearing his ex-wife's voice all the time. Because my mother didn't... (laughs) The way I see it, it's karma on him. You get what you put into the universe. Yep. And as time went on, we saw that more and more, even with the situation that happened with Robert and Trevor, which is why none of us fuck with him to this day. Robert might occasionally speak to him, but barely. Robert don't want to really deal with his nonsense. Soft ass. No, Robert recently has told him he's not dealing with none of his crap. I'm not dealing with him at all. Because here's... Here's what my issue is. You fucked up with the first your first two kids. You almost literally get an exact replica of the circumstances to do over correctly. Having learned from the past, but you show you did not learn shit and you actually do worse. I'm going to say he did worse with Robin and Trevor. That's about, you didn't learn shit. You did worse. Understandably, their mother passed. You're grieving, whatever and what have you. But you didn't learn anything from your first two around about what should happen when you have kids, how you need to deal with things, not alienating people from their lives. So you have a support system around them and things like that. No, you still want to be a selfish little twat. A huge narcissist. Um... Dilute, well, a- alleged partaker and um, assortments of illicit substances. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, for, for assortment of reasons, we can't specify that. Let's put it this way there was some alleged proof that proved... bottles and snow, bottles and snow. <laughs> Does that clarify it enough? <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll leave it at that. It was wintertime in his land. It was wintertime, and he drank things out of bottles to keep warm. We'll just leave it at that. 
Yep. Um, but to your point, the hypocrisy of his behavior just perpetuated to the point where, like, when you have your own kids calling you a hypocrite in two different two different generations of children, we can call it because there's a big enough age gap. There's a problem. Yeah. And as you get older, you don't have the luxury of not having those relationships. Because he's now doing God knows what in North Carolina. None of us really talk to him or know what the fuck he's doing with his life. And well, according, according to Robert and Trevor, he's basically let himself go much worse than he's ever had. And he's not taking care of himself the way he should be. See, here's the thing. If, and this is looking at it in hindsight, very much so. He never really did take care of himself. And this is just the pin coming to roost. This is all the mess he put his body through in life coming back to haunt him. The man was not athletic. He did not exercise. He did not have healthy eating habits. And he drank way too much. He drank moderation or anything. It was just when you um he had his car wash business and when part of your agreement to use the parking lot at the Budweiser facility in New York is and I'm sorry, in Newark, New Jersey, is that part of your payment being cases of beer or you're taking your children's birthday money to buy alcohol and beer and they are told they have to hide the money from you. That's a problem. Or with the situation with Robert and Trevor, you're not you're not letting these boys go to school. You're not feeding them correctly, sir. Once again, we're going to revisit the comment that got me knocked out. We didn't ask to be here, right? And sorry to say it, but he didn't give me the oh, I'm going to plan on having kids. It was very much a oopsie pregnant situation most of the time. See, this is what I tell people all the time because you know there's people that. And you've heard it too when we were growing up. But shit, your father ain't that bad. At least y'all have this, y'all have X, Y, and Z. There's a difference between a provider and a parent. Right. And I've had to constantly sit there and tell people people over recent years, whatever we had or whatever you see on the outside, you've seen it from from the outside looking in. You don't know what the hell goes on inside. The perfect example, I'm still I'm still friends with Jason from the Chad school. I am too. I'm friends with him. So we've had he and I have had this conversation because he saw me post something about um, when he he tells me that bullshit happy birthday. My father puts us tells me that bullshit happy birthday message every year. He was like, I noticed something growing up. Your father was an excellent provider. Y'all always had what you needed. But he was a horrible parent. Y'all had everything you needed, but y'all were not happy when he was around. Right. I'm like, correct. That's what I keep telling people. And we people had still, our basic needs, but that's where it ends. And, and people, that's what my, still, huh? people still have this twisted delusion. As long as he provided for you, you should be happy and grateful. I'm like, no. Once, once again, I did not ask to be here. That is not the way to be a parent. And that's what I keep telling people, too. Like, I don't sit there and speak just regular, any old thing about my dad, about dad, just to get sympathy. It ain't about sympathy. I tell people, 
We got a roof over our head. We got moved out of the hood into a nice house and had our own bedroom and stuff like that. But how we were treated, how we were talked to and stuff, and then the stuff he would do, no kids should go through what we went through. No. At no. all. And people don't understand that until I start explaining to them exactly what went on in the house and how it affected us. But see, I used to get in trouble for that because you you held your tongue on a lot of things longer than I did. I didn't care. I used to get in trouble for that. What goes on in this house stays in this house. Like, no, you're, what you're doing is wrong. That's the thing. It could stay in the house. But the fact that he needed to keep hearing it is the biggest thing. Well, that's why so many people, he, there were so many people that, like, once they spoke up about something or told him about stuff, there were people he stopped letting hang around us because he's like, you're not, his favorite thing to say was, don't tell me how to raise my kids. That's the thing. Nobody was telling him how to raise us. They were just trying to help him be calm. Not only be calm, but help him understand, for example, you and I were two different people. Right. And one of the biggest things I've always said about how he tried, how he raised us, he was too busy trying to be like his father. He was trying to be a carbon copy instead of becoming his own man. You, you but that, that. wasn't, but that was a thing. But then he was trying to make us carbon copies of each other. I'm like, first of all, let, 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 let's give this in the full spectrum. <clears throat> and I'm going to say this in reverse because it makes more sense. Okay. I am darkness, you are light. We are very opposite ends of this spectrum. Trying to dress us the same, put us in the same activities, all that didn't make sense. That's Even only a small we, part of everything, but go ahead. But that's a summation of it. Here's a perfect example. of When we started, um, when we moved to Chicago, we started going to middle school. Having us dress the same was stupid. And I can go into more detail about that as well. Because you were, you are a cisgender black man. You generally fall into what is the common template of what people expect of a cisgender black man. You loved hip hop culture, hip hop music, Tim's, Jordan's, baggy clothes, sportswear. That was your thing. Right. I was, what did mommy say they called it in the high school? I was a pretty Ricky. I wanted the nice clothes, the nice shoes, the nice shirts. The s Why is he buying us the same clothes? Because it's all part of his, I'm a provider, I'm going to provide you, wear what I give you, and blah, blah, blah. The, be the respectability be politics of, you have, we had to have the same haircut. I'm like, I don't, we don't that even one, look alike, so that doesn't even that doesn't even pan out correctly. The haircut one was one of the first things that we started to get a little more freedom over. There still wasn't that much freedom. Because if I wanted to grow my hair out and get braids or something, it was a hell no. You wanted to grow your hair out and get braids. I wanted them to make my widow's peak pointy like a vampire. I do remember that conversation. Yep. But he said always, hmm? He said you were not allowed to walk around looking like a thug, and I was not allowed to walk around looking like Dracula. And that's the problem. Everything was associated with homeboy and thug, and that shit. It was. It was he, he was. Here's the problem. He was so obsessed with respectability politics and appearance, but not in behavior. Right. Because you want to give this whole 
white picket fences, suburban, blah, 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 blah. And you are a drunk, sloppy mess driving fucking cars with your kids in it, cheating on whomever you are with, with whomever you can get a hold of any second you can. You're a hypocrite. That, that's another thing that I've had to explain to people that no kid should ever go through. Us being in the car with him after he'd been to the bar or something like that, drinking more than enough. Having us in the bar with him, shit. That too. Now, during the daytime hours, I get it. If you it. were an adult imbibing alcohol, you should, first of all, not be driving to begin with, but not be driving with your children, no matter what time of day it is. Right. Like I, I don't, I, I get going to the bar, stopping by the bar real quick or whatever to talk to somebody, or whatever. But stopping by the bar and we're sitting there while he's chugging down like four beers. That that's not something with me being a parent, of course. Now I've been been a parent for a while. That ain't something I do. But then you also, but then to then not understand the residual effects of it. Okay, you are you were, and I don't mean this in an insulting way. You were a lot more of a reserved, soft-spoken child than I was. When you have a... Yes. When you have a child who literally absorbs and regurgitates information perpetually, you you cannot put them in certain environments because then when that information is regurgitated, you can't get mad at them. The stuff I would hear discussed in these bars, and then when I bring it up later, I'm in trouble? Right. Sir, you can go on with that. Now, you mentioned both my niece and nephew, and then you just said you've been a parent for a while. What have you learned in your life about fatherhood? And how you apply it to raising your children. Well, the head start I got was helping raise Robert and Trevor. So when it came to my own kids, of course, having a daughter first was different because the only girl we we got in the family is Shanice. (laughs) She's a fucking demon. (laughs) I've said this to her face. She's going to listen to this episode. She's probably going to cuss me out. I don't care. You're a demon. (laughs) <laughs> but as far as like once fatherhood came around it came kind of natural to me uh, my concern was caring for my child in the best way that I can it was more than just the whole providing the child with what she, you know, or both my children with what they need and stuff it was a spending time it was the moments you know of, of, of laughing and having fun or you know when they're babies you're playing with them and holding them no matter how much sleep I lost or whatever the hell it was all of that stuff and all that stuff carries into even in, into um, into even nowadays. Now they're a little older, I can talk to them and stuff like that. They, my children are two different people. Obviously, they're boy and girl, but they have two different personalities. Jada likes to sit in her room now, you know, be on a computer, you know, introvert type stuff. Occasionally, she'll come out, we'll have a conversation about stuff, or she'll ask questions or whatever, and I'm like, either I can answer it and we have a conversation, or how do I explain it? I don't know how to explain that. Terrell, on the other hand, wants to run around. He's hard-headed. You know, the junior version of you, basically, but with, like, sports. So he wants yeah, to kick a soccer ball. Like, he likes to kick a soccer ball around, and when you tell him to stop, he stops for a second and goes right back to doing it again. So 
he's someone that has to he has to constantly have something to do that he likes to do, or he gets bored and he starts becoming annoying or whining or something. I don't know where that whining came from. That's not in my DNA. That yeah, that I'm trying to get him out of. I told him you start whining, you're not getting anything. We we don't do that yeah. here. <laughs> what is it? What is in our DNA? We will ignore a whining child. Yeah, you can. You can sit there and whine to your horse. <laughs> he can sit there and whine or whatever. Put his head down and mope. I'm keep watching my my baseball game or basketball, whatever's on TV, or play my PlayStation while you sit there. And... Wait, what? 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 What did mother used to say? Let him cry. He'll be fine. He'll sleep better tonight. Yep. <laughs> he starts whining when it's time for bed too. I'm like, bro, it's a school night. Go to bed. Let's go. But it, it's beneficial to hear that from people so they understand there is a way to step away and break away from some of these cycles of behavior. Because just like you said with our father, he was too busy chasing the shadow of his father. Yeah, no, I'm with me raising my kids, I'm realizing I'm breaking a lot of generational stuff that people sit there and ingrain in the, you know, no people's heads and stuff, especially amongst black families. You know how we, we everybody grows up, you no, know, from the past all the way down to us, and how we grew up and stuff. Oh, I grew up on ass whoopings, but uh, I turned out okay. Yeah, well, I don't have to beat my children. I mean, extreme cases, I, I have to, but it's rare. We 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 adhere to the measured discipline statement. You are a more, um, and this is from my interactions with my niece and nephew. So let me clarify. Dewan is a very explanatory person. I have acquired my mother's death glare, which could probably stop a whale in the ocean. I don't explain everything. I know, but you, as as their as their primary parent, you and in my opinion, this is just my opinion. My children are adults, so I can be a little bit more aggressive. Um, when you have children that you spent you have to when you're raising actively raising children the explanations are necessary oh yeah that's necessary for the first you know a couple times but after a while because it's it sets the tone exactly <laughs> you, you have to explain to set the tone so there's an understanding so that when they do defy the explanations like we went over this already i'm not repeating myself exactly whereas i'm just the mean gay uncle i don't have to explain shit sit down well, and I got to my sets out. And both of them know when it comes to adults, you respect adults. Terrell's but, got a, a little temper on him, but it's not his fault because at the daycare but, a couple times, he's had to beat some people up, some kids up. But that's what I was about to say. We we don't ascribe to the old school tradition of children should be seen, not heard, and blind respect. It's a level of mutuality where, okay, if they're an adult, they're they're there to help you and take care of you. But at the same time, we ain't with the bullshit. Right. No. I want my kids to speak. I want my kids to talk to me. I communicate with both of them. I check on to make sure they're okay. I have fun with my children. But they know that I'm not their friend. I'm their father. <laughs> I'm not one of your little friends. <laughs> at all. So don't try it. But even even with Steve, even with Steven and Gio, I'm kind of the same way, even though we're all adults. But at the same time, if you're going to give me this maternal parental role, there is a line. <laughs> right. There has to be. Right. Both of them can probably bench press me, but at the same time, they understand there are certain things when I say what I said, that's what I said. 
And both of Jaden and Terrell know that too. When I say something, I don't mean sit on your ass and, and ignore it. I said it for a reason. And our our entire bloodline hates repeating ourselves. That's just something that irritates all of us. No, I get highly irritated. <laughs> well, also doing what I do for a living, it's part of my job. But at the same time, people can see when I'm annoyed. Because if I ask Jada to do something and it's not done by the time I get home from work, Jada, I told you to go wash the dishes. Stop what you're doing. Wash the dishes. But I'm playing. Oh. I don't care what game you play. Shut it off. I don't but care see, if you're in the middle of a whatever. Turn it off. These, I'm online. Kids, I don't care. These kids today would not have survived the take the chicken out of the freezer battle. Nope. Because you forget to take that chicken out of the freezer and your parents get home, ain't nothing to cook for dinner. All hell's breaking loose. So now they got to go spend money when they got had food at the house yep. to feed you. If they don't feed you, then they, they look bad. Yeah, remember Jada. So, Tried that one time. Can't you just order food? I'm like, do I look like I have money to spend on food all the time? You got, you got money to. With what money? With what paycheck, little girl? Or the when I don't. It was either Thanksgiving when they came out for Papa's funeral. It was when Terrell was obsessed with Boss Baby. Yep. <laughs> he watching the thing and he started crying. I tried to give him a bottle. He didn't want the bottle. He, Jaden's like, Uncle Greg, he's crying. I'm like, I know. But we got to stop him from crying. No, we don't. No, Jada's just doing that because she's annoyed by it. She don't understand. She doesn't understand how to, how I deal with annoyance because, like, he'll stop crying eventually. But he's crying. I was like, okay. I made a little thing with the pillows on the bed so we can watch a boss baby. He kept crying, looked at me, looked at him, kept crying, looked at me, looked at him. The crying got softer. He looked at me, I looked at him. When he realized I wasn't going to budge, he stopped crying. Yep. I've done it to him before too. You sit there she and was cry. Like, sit down. He's like, but he's coughing. It's like he'll stop crying when he realizes he can't breathe. She was like, "That's mean." I'm like, "Mm-hmm." Yep. You're learning. Starts crying. Go sit down. You'll be all right. If you if but see that was my issue with that's kind of why I don't like children, especially like children that can't articulate things. If you can't tell me what you want, I'm not a fucking mind reader. Oh, I'm it trying to get to a lot of that too, because he just there. Uh, he, what do you want for breakfast? What do you want to eat? I don't know. Well, you're not eating it. <laughs> Can I have cereal? Okay, there you go. <laughs> Use your words, little boy. Yep. Because he get up in the morning. Uh, it's time to eat breakfast before you no know, get ready to you no know, get get dressed and ready for school. I don't know. Uh, what do you want to eat? He's just downstairs. See, he does, not realize, <laughs> he does not realize how good he has it where he gets an option. We used to get an option the, when there is an option. But that we, we, we never had that choice. It, the most option we got was you're eating cereal. Pick one out of the multi-pack. Right. It wasn't, what do you want? It was, you're eating this. Anytime I say, what does he want? It's between whatever's in the cabinet. I'm not cooking breakfast. I ain't got time for that. So if there's pop tarts in it, you get pop tarts or you get cereal. You are such a millennial. <laughs> pop tarts. Hey, your options are pop. Your options are pop tarts cereal. They love pop tarts, so I buy. Them. I love pop tarts too. Shit, I eat them at the snack machine at work all the time. Yeah, I, I buy what I know they're gonna eat, but they they will tear some pop tarts up. But I am also about a parent. 40- they would like. I would get up and make like bacon and eggs or something because I'm a weirdo. 
Yeah, I don't have that kind of time in the morning. <laughs> I get up. I'm not cooking bacon and eggs and pancakes. Oh, no, pa- pancake. No, because see, me and mommy have this discussion all the time. I am not making pancakes from scratch from nobody. And keeping pancake mix in the refrigerator, I don't eat pancakes. No, bacon and eggs are easy. And I can use bacon and eggs for other things I cook in the house. So it's a multitask item. There's only but so much you can do with pancake mix. Only time I'm cooking breakfast is if we're all holding home at the same time and I'm not having to be off work. Yeah, I'll cook some breakfast. Well, also bear in mind, I was the cookie child. I was forced to cook breakfast for people. She's like, oh, you want to go to television school? I'm like, Good, you're cooking breakfast. What? Ma'am? No. <laughs> and I do it the easy way. You're going to get, I'm going to cook a whole bunch of waffles one morning, and then the other mornings, the waffles are in the freezer. You heat them up, that's what you're going to eat. And that is something you learned from our mother. Yep. So, I'm going to revisit history for a moment and see if you remember this particular incident. I was 15 years old. We were at Old Navy in Jersey Gardens. Finish the story. Old Navy, Jersey Gardens. We were both in Jersey Gardens? Huh? We were both in Jersey Gardens that time? You drove. I was 15. If I I drove, I couldn't have been 17. Was I 17? Because I got my license at 17. Yes. Because we used to go to Jersey Gardens because we went to that one store against all odds. Yeah, I think that store's still there. (laughs) And that other store where I had all those those fishnetty Asian print shirts. Yeah. And we were in Jersey Gardens. And I went to Old Navy because I I made us go to Old Navy because I don't buy anything from Old Navy. I don't shop in Old Navy. That's just not my vibe. Mm -hmm. But... They had the bigger circular clothing racks. And that is what I told you I was gay. Because there was a large circular clothing rack between us in case you decided to do something stupid. Now, generally, most of our family handled that news either well or they were like, yeah, we know. What was your first thought? My first thought, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I mean, I just kind of just said, okay. And this is why I tell people, I don't, I never had the tragic after school special kind of coming out situation. Nobody, between the fact that nobody really gave a fuck or they realized that um, there's nothing anybody could do about it because. If I if I tell somebody something about me, that's what it is. There's no changing that. That's pretty much kind of how I processed it. Is well, nothing I can do about it. You are who you are. Nobody could really. There was but, nothing anybody could do about it. Also, everybody knew once I put my mind to something. There's not really. If I tell you this is what I'm doing, very much like when I did musical theater or anything else. If I said I was going to do something, I did. I said I was going to go culinary school. I did that shit. I said I was going to manage a restaurant in New York. I've done that multiple times. So here's the intriguing part of this conversation because I've never got to witness what 
result in this. What did our father think about it, or did he ever mention it? He never really mentioned it or whatever. He, I think he went on for a while. I never told him about it. He went on for a while thinking you were straight. Oh, no, no. You know? he, I, he, he was told at one specific point, and I'll tell that story in a second, but I know uh, there were certain moments where he would make slick comments about it, and I'm just like... Sir, I, I'll still beat your ass. He never said anything to me about it, or if he did, I kind of ignored it, and he never said any, said anything again. Because so. there was, so I, so the he found out when I told him because when he when I went to Johnson Wales the first time, and he just he stopped paying my tuition because he thought I wasn't taking school seriously. He didn't even look at my grades. When I graduated high school and went back, he's the one who drove me to school. And I told him while we were driving up there. Oh. That was a very silent car ride after that. I bet. But then he knew because there was that time when um you forced me to attend one of his birthday barbecues. And he was dating that woman, Joni. Oh, God, that shit. And he's running around. He's like, oh, yeah, my son got, got them frosted tips. I'm like, sir, I have 4C hair. We don't frost our tips. <laughs> and you and Perry had to find me some kind of alcohol that wasn't brown liquor, and all there was was Corona. And then you and Perry actually had to um, drag me away from the event because Joni's brother said, Joni said some dumb shit about her brother, us calling him Uncle Sherman. I almost cussed her out. I was standing right next to you when he said, "I'm your uncle Sherman," and we both looked at him like, "Who?" And then Johnny was like, "Yeah, you're gonna, you're going." So I was like, "Excuse me, ma'am, I am 26 years old. I don't know you or this man." Yeah, when people sit there and try to force themselves as family, all of it was just because of a marriage or something like that. Uh, uh, that shit is earned, not given. I don't. We don't even call Frank and Michelle an uncle like that. They are our aunt and uncle. We have accepted them into that part of our life, but we don't even call them that. And that's family. This bitch, this is my right. first time meeting her. Right. No, and Michelle and Frank been around since we were younger, so. I know. <laughs> and then he's he, he he going to turn around and say, oh, y'all going to be real zesty with each other. I'm like, we need to go before I slap somebody. I think we eventually did cut out of there. We didn't stay for the whole thing. No, because the Perry stuff was like, of all of our father's friends, he was about the only one who I was probably physically intimidated by because the man was big as a house. Yeah, but that, that, that was interesting. Somebody sitting there trying to force themselves as family upon them. I'm like, uh, no. And the fact that he sat there in just we're your. I, I'm saying this with vomit in my mouth, sir. We are your children. How are you let this woman talk the fuck? Who this? That, that, once again, that 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 old school mentality, or whatever. Like, and not mind you, we're not even kids. We're grown ass men. Why are you allowing? Other people to talk to your grown ass children like that instead of just stepping up, letting them know, hey, those are grown or men. Not even, not even allowing it. You think the shit's, fu- you think it's funny 
that I'm about to cuss her out. Not only is that like weird, but it's also if this was to be the woman you're with, that's disrespectful to her. Because as anybody who grew up with me knows, I don't care about people's feelings when you piss me off. And you as my father knew that, and you were literally setting this woman up to be cannon fodder for my wrath. Yeah, I don't care about disrespectful people either. I, I disrespect back. Oh, well, you did that when you went to, what was that? What was that girl's name? The bald headed scallywag, the light skinned one? Aaliyah. Oh, yeah. When you went to her birthday party and she referred to me as your gay brother, you dragged her as far as east is from west. I was like, oh. Funny thing, she and I are still cool to this day, but you know, we all chalked everything up to being younger, you know, apologizing and all the stuff and everything, you know, maturity. But yeah, you're right. I did let her have it. (laughs) You were far more forgiving than I am. I hold grudges. (laughs) I realize holding grudges is not is not helpful for me. So I choose not to hold grudges. Once again, you are light. I am darkness. I hold grudges like a motherfucker. It doesn't mean, like, I'm not even holding a grudge against our father. It doesn't mean I don't have words for him. Oh, no, this is a hatred in my heart. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just don't feel I need to sit there and think about how I'm going to sit there and ruin his life every day. Oh, no, it's not to the point of like I'm plotting his demise. It's like if I get the phone call. If I get the phone call and they ask me if I want a coffin or a cardboard box, I'm asking for a paper bag. That's too much. Dump them in the ocean. Mm, that's pollution. Mm-mm. Okay, dump them in the Pasig River. There's already some cars down there. No, I have an even better idea. I can go to get some $1.99 resin, burn his ass up, put it in a rock, and bury it. Whatever works. The resin will never dissolve. It will never touch. His ashes will never touch a light of day. He won't be able to bother nobody for eternity. Done and done. And when we get to the outside, they asked me why you did that. I was like, <laughs> would you like a list? Chronological or alphabetical order? Yeah. I know now, a lot of people sit there. They they sit there. Oh, I miss my dad. Or I know, talk to my dad about me. If he goes, he goes. Yeah. Um, interesting enough, before we get into the current events part, Aunt Chris listens to my podcast. She's going to hate all of this. Man, that's not my problem. Okay. <laughs> so, as long as we're on the same page, I don't know what your relationship with her is. Barely. It's not my problem. Every time. Oh, he's your father. Fuck him. I don't care if he's my father. I'm going to speak the truth. Fuck him. <laughs> Right is right, wrong is wrong. If you don't he want to hear it. the truth, do not come to me about him. He did it. <laughs> That's my answer is he did it. Why he is not sit there and think because somebody is somebody that they're immune to no. I don't care but who the hell you are. My, you my, additional, up, you my additional problem with that is okay, you, he's your father. He, he has not once sought out any recompense or reconciliation with any of us. Nope. There's not been one single apology. I have not had any return of um, money that was taken from me without my knowledge. So I'm not offering forgiveness to someone who doesn't think they need to be forgiven. They can all they can choke and die. He can. He's forgiving. He just died and forget. So yeah, you can come to me. With, 
Just like he tried to come to me and tell me that I wasn't having my priorities straight or whatever the hell last year okay. when I had that breakdown. You, and I was you like, told me that, You told me that, and I almost bought a plane ticket to North Carolina. At that point, I was done. I said, man, this motherfucker going to tell me I don't have my priorities straight. I'm raising two fucking kids better than the way you raised us. And I don't have my priorities straight. You haven't even seen your grandson. You once you told me that I about bought a plane ticket to North Carolina, I'm gonna end this shit right now because you got some nerves, sir. And he thinks I, he wants me, I'm supposed to travel to North Carolina to go see family. But if I travel to North Carolina, I'm not fighting to come see you or anybody else. Where was you when you said I'm gonna come to Texas? Mm. Our mother made the trip to Houston. Well, you know what? That is a perfect segue into our current events portion of this because I'm not coming to Texas. Uh, I, I honestly, love you. Honestly, <laughs> I don't blame you because honestly, I'm planning to exit out of this state. Because <laughs> I, I am gay, black, entirely too opinionated, and they have open carry down there. I will get shot. Because whatever between the governor down there and the people down there and their dumb oh, shit. Governor Hotwell. See, I live inside of Houston, so Houston is actually not bad. Well, here, okay, so here's a, here's what I see, and I get what you're saying, because I have friends that live in Miami that say this, well, Miami's not bad, but I'm like, you're still within the state. Yeah, no, I get that. You, you're still, to an extent, at the mercy of the circumstances of the state. So yeah. here's, okay, Here's a good one. Even though the federal court overturned it, Texas and Florida trying to make these bans on drag queens. It's stupid. Fucking the, the governor of the state and governor Hot Wheels. Can't stand either one of them. Because I'm like, oh, it's to protect the children. Da, 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 da. Protect um, them from what? I, exactly. Because guess what? There are dossiers upon dossiers of thousands, if not tens of thousands of actual predators and things within law enforcement and the churches. You don't see anybody protesting over there. Are any of them drag queens or trans people? I'll wait. And there's been years of people dressing in drag and stuff like that and everything. Years upon years of this shit. And now all of a sudden it's a problem? That's number one. Number two, I'll even, I'll, I'll pose this to you as a parent. Of all of our family, of all of our my immediate family, you're the only one who has not seen me in person in drag, which is neither here nor there. My drag shows that I perform in are not meant for fucking kids. So you as a parent, if you were in the vicinity of my show, you obviously would not bring Terrell and Jada to one of my shows. No, they're not old enough for that yet. But there are shows that are catered and geared towards children, like the Drag Queen Story Hours. I know they do some of them in Texas. I know a lot of people that do the ones in New York and New Jersey. So you're saying <clears throat> somebody dressed up in very garish, cartoonish, colorful, outlandish outfits, reading storybooks about acceptance and things like that. There's something wrong with reading that to kids? No, that's the pe- those are the people you want to read those books. Because but, they're a living example of what they're reading. But also, you take these kids to church every Sunday, and they hear about hell, fire, brimstone, incest, rape, murder, plagues, and everything else coming out of the Bible, but that's okay. And see, 
church is one of those things. And that's that's another thing that's pissing me off, too, that Governor Hot Wheels, that's Governor Greg Abbott, for those who don't know who the governor of Texas is. We call him Governor Hot Wheels because he's in the Because he runs away every time there's a problem. No, that's that's Senator Ted Cruz. Oh, well. Governor Hot Wheels, Abbott's in a wheelchair, so we call him Governor Hot Wheels. Uh, Ted Cruz is the one that keeps forgetting he's Latino. Uh, he's a Canadian slash Cuban, whatever the hell he is. He wants to think he's a Texan. Bless his heart. Any, anyway, according to one of my Facebook friends who she's from Texas, she was in Colorado briefly, but she had to come back to Texas because she's going through treatment Stop. for breast cancer. Okay. But she's, she keeps up with, with, with Abbott. And his his nonsense. She said they're trying to put enforce Christianity in the schools and stuff like that. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That right there will have me getting ready to leave in this damn state. I'm I'm ready to leave this state. How are you going to sit there and push religion and have to and it has to be Christianity in not in schools? Exactly, especially when you're in the, one of the most diverse, if not the most diverse city in the United States, Houston, Texas. That, it's the, it, all, all walks of life, life here in Houston. It makes no why, sense, right? Why are you sitting there trying to push Christianity on top of all the other shit? Like you said, trying to ban drag queens and stuff, and trying or, to erase history and take shit out of history books and all. Oh, that we're, we're we're getting to the erasing history part in a second. I wanted to jump on something very quickly because Texas was one of the hot button states for this. The bathroom bans. Oh God, that bullshit! Mommy made it. Mommy said it perfectly clear. She's like, she doesn't care what bathroom you use as long as you mind your business and wash your hands. But I think. The, that, hmm? Go ahead. Go ahead. And the fact that Texas is a uh, open carry state. If you were really worried about somebody going to the bathroom, the wrong bathroom, something like that, and they trying to do something. Somebody's got a gun to pop that motherfucker. But here's the but here's the bigger problem with that as well. They don't look at the two sides of the danger issue per se, because for example, if they were to get their way, a trans woman who is passable, like looks like you can't tell, biological, unclockable, you're telling that person they have to go into the men's bathroom or a trans man who looks like just any other trucker ass dude has to go in the women's bathroom. Do you not realize you are creating a whole entire mess? And to your point of Texas being open carry more danger for the trans man specifically, because a lot of them look, man, look more like a look more manly than I do. So it's going to be a very shoot first, ask questions later situation. Then when you realize you done fucked up, my thing is, when someone goes to the bathroom, are you doing a private part check? Are you literally? Are you having a fucking TSA inspection for someone to take a piss? Yeah, if you if they walk in and this trans woman looks like a woman, mind your business, let her pee and go about your day. Let her use the bathroom. Or even more so, you're indicting people upon guilt before they have done anything because the problem comes about where there are some trans people who aren't fully passable, haven't had medical transition, et cetera, and that becomes a slippery slope. There's like, oh, people are going to pretend they're trans. Who's going through all that work? 
with how trans people are treated in society, who is really trying to pretend to be trans and molest somebody's child? There's people who don't pretend to be trans. They're fucking either a man or a woman, and they're the molesting st- children. The statistics no. show most child, most sexual child abuse is executed by cisgender heterosexual men. Why? Why? That's what's reported. Because there's a whole school district well, out here that's known for teachers, especially female teachers. I'm going to get to that in a second. They can't use statistics about sexual assaults in the way and weaponize in the way they want to because a lot of sexual assault isn't reported. Number right. one. Number two, the majority of the population is cisgender, heterosexual people. So just based on that fact alone, the majority of these assaults and abuses are being executed by cisgender, heterosexual people. Yeah. So I don't I don't get it. And the the I feel like the statement of oh, protect the kids, protect the kids is a cop out. Protect them from what? I don't understand. I don't I don't get that nonsense. It sounds you want to the best. You want to protect them from a drag queen you don't know, but you're not protecting them from Uncle Johnny and Thanksgiving dinner. Exactly. Or the pass it to church. Or the football coach. Right. Sending your damn your, your daughter, oh, go stay with your, your big cousin. He's going to take care of you. That's the one that's sitting there fondling her and stuff like that. But, oh, this random transgender person walking down the street. Oh, no, stay away from them. No, stay away from my kid. Sir, you, you got predators in your own goddamn family. What the hell you are you talking about? Away from me. To the religion portion. We both... I had I was subjected to more church related experiences than you were, because our father was whatever. Bless his heart. <laughs> um, the problem I have with Christianity is this: it's not. I have no problem with Christ or God. I have a problem with the people that represent Him. Yep. Because. If they actually looked at who they were supposed to be following, the name taken originally, they were like, he he wasn't for none of this shit. He went in tables, he went in temples flipping over tables because he was tired of their bullshit and bureaucracy and hypocrisy that was present. And you're just reiterating the behaviors of the people that crucified him, folks. People not ready for that side of that conversation. Or they're like, oh, um, Jesus. Pardon me for anybody who I am friends with or care for that is religious about what I'm going to say. Some of Jesus' best friends were hookers, whores, beggars, and crackheads of that era. So your condemnation of people who are on the outskirts or the otherness of society is in direct conflict with his teaching and his mission. No, because everybody wants to be holier than thou and think that, oh, if you're not this... You're going against God's word. They, You're going against blah, blah, blah. And people don't even realize this. Jesus and God are two different beings. They're not the same. Jesus was the manifestation of what God's plan was put on earth to teach men the way they should be. Men translated that into whatever narrative they felt was necessary to prove their cause. Case in point, the Crusades. Hey, Jesus, These mother- Jesus, exactly. But then the men warped his words and his teaching to suit their narrative. Case in point, the Crusades. These motherfuckers went into Asia 
and were told by the Vatican or the Palpacy and the religious leaders of the time, do whatever you need to do to spread the word of God, whether it be rape, murder, whatever, whatever, whatever. As long as you're doing it in his name, you will be absolved. These motherfuckers was running around killing people because they would not bow to the Lord. They were raping women saying that was the only way that would truly know the true God. Jesus is probably looking like, this is not what I said. This is also something that's going against basically their behaviors. They were acting as God themselves when they're just man. They're trying to get people to bow down to man. But that's what I'm saying when people talk about the Bible. The Bible is written by men. Jesus is not putting pen to paper to write any part of the Bible. That's why Jesus' words have probably been twisted over all these years. He's looking down like these. He's like, these motherfuckers couldn't translate eye to eye. You know, word of mouth. When you tell someone one thing, the telephone by the time comes back around you. It's it's t- something totally different. It's a totally different message. Or then when you do call them, well, we're not perfect. We're not God, but you're not even trying to be. You're hateful, dismissive, hypocritical, and nasty. But yep. you you still want to evangelize and try to tell people through fear-mongering, that they need to join your cause. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm going to brunch. And the biggest problem is people who are so-called Christians with the intolerance for people who are non-Christians. You know, atheists, Muslims, Jews, you know, Buddhists, whatever the hell. In what world is a Christian intolerant of any other uh, person on this problem? A true Christian, any other intolerant of any other person and their beliefs. I don't think they realize that the purpose and the mission that they are on is not to condemn others. Your job is to tell people of the teaching of Christ. And if they do want to be saved in that method, they will join you. Otherwise, you have taught what it needs to be taught, and they have a choice in the matter. You shouldn't be trying to force or condemn anybody for anything. Condemnation should not be in the power of your voice. Right, and the funny thing is, all these religions are related in some way, shape, or form, as far as their 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 uh, texts and their teachings. But and you know, it's we... funny. One time, I ran into a Muslim lady out in Irving. I was working in Verizon. I was in Irvington. Muslim lady, she was cool as hell. She had a Quran and a Bible. A lot of a lot of religions outside of Christianity do. They they read the teachings from both. But here's the yep. thing, and this is a, a real spicy commentary. If you look through all of the both religious and mythological texts, there's a lot of overlapping stories. Yep. The story of Osiris's resurrection sounds a lot like the story of how Jesus rose on the third day. The story of, I believe it was either Balder or Horder from Norse mythology sounds a lot like the same thing. And all these religions predate Christianity. But once again, this is man writing things to create a narrative to control people. It is not the actual message that was meant to be delivered. Right. Or you... and they, they, they take one thing and they, they, they take one thing and run and then run with it. They make a mountain out of a molehill. You give them an inch, they take a mile. They don't think or, for themselves. They don't think the research, none of that. Or even looking culturally around the world at creation myths, it's always the sun in the sky made blah. It, 
some mythologies, the earth is female. Some mythologies, the earth is male. Some mythologies, the sky is female and the, and the sky is male. It depends on where you go. There's always darkness and light, good and evil, or my favorite topic in the world, vampires. Every culture in the world has some sort of vampiric creature or mythology attached to it. But a lot of these cultures are unrelated. Interesting how they have similar beliefs on certain things. Right. We are more alike than we are different. And people refuse to accept that, and it's stupid. Because people are scared to go away from what they call the norm or whatever. They're, they're scared, scared to be out of their comfort the box. Yep, exactly. It's like, step... hmm? what? I've never given a fuck. <laughs> I, listen, just when I used to buy all those little colorful shirts and whatever, I wore, wore whatever fuck I want. I dared somebody say something, I'll fight you. I don't do that so much anymore i wear whatever the fuck i want and i just like i'm grown leave me alone right but i don't it it i am who i am as a person i'm a good person i generally take care of myself i don't cause harm to other people i ain't bothering nobody too many same. people mm -hmm. go ahead nothing i'm same way i don't too bother nobody are worried about what other people are doing. Like, leave them the fuck alone. You got more important things to worry about. Is all your shit together? Is your life in order? Just, there's or, just not enough time in the world to start worrying about what somebody else is doing when I have no control over what other people are doing. One, you can only control yourself. Right. Two, you can only control how you treat other people. What you do, what they do from that treatment is no longer in control, which is why it's best to just treat people like you would want to be treated. Exactly. I'm not going to nobody's church. I'm not going to nobody's NRA meeting protesting saying you can't have your religion. You can't have your guns. So I'm going to need y'all to stay away from my drag brunch and interrupt me while I'm having my mimosa. If I, I know performers who are there's gigs they haven't taken, they're afraid to take gigs because of protesters and people being outside with guns. There's some of them that won't even do interviews for the news to give their opinion because they're aware of people showing up to their fucking shows. That's not okay. Right. And speaking of guns, that's another thing I'm tired of: the politicizing of guns and politicizing of everything, for that matter. Everything's got to be a political fucking battle. If you like guns, you're right wing, you support the NRA, you support Trump and blah, blah, blah. If you don't like guns, you support the left. Uh, I'm like, man, that's you, bullshit. Listen, listen, you can have all the guns you want if you are an adult who has all of them registered and licensed and knows proper safety procedures to securing you said handarm, handgun, hand, firearms. I have if, a gun. If you okay, it, and you probably go through the proper procedures and protocols to keep them out of your children's hands. Neither one of them know where my gun is, and that's exactly, exactly the way I want it. I know where it is. <laughs> that's just that. They both know I have it. I've but, shown it to them. They still know where my, it is. My issue is these. You there? Hey, you cut out. All right, looks like we uh, 
Wait, Greg. Hold on. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Uh, most of these people shouldn't have these guns in the first place. Oh, they're mentally ill or whatever. If you did proper background checks and screenings. See, that's another problem. People down here think that, oh, they're going to take our guns, blah, blah, blah. No one's trying to take your goddamn guns. We just want to know who has them. So if something happens, we can trace back to the origin. Well, I'm going to keep my gun. You can't. Don't take our gun. And then they're big on that here and tell Don't take our guns from ain't nobody trying to take it. No one's trying to take shit. We're just saying we need you to register the shit. We didn't know who has the guns. Out here, when you buy a gun, you get a background check. You get fingerprint and stuff like that. Once all that stuff clears, here's your gun. They walk you to the door. You're free to go about the world with your gun. <laughs> Simple as that. That's how I got mine. I walked into Academy Sports and Outdoors, a sporting store out here in Texas. Wanted a gun. They did my background check, blah, blah. It took a little while. Once it came back clear, walked me to the door with the gun. Hey, have a good day. Thank you. But see, the funny thing for the for these people is somebody put a meme up and they're like, you know what fix all of this? Make the people that they want to use the guns against the ones who you push the guns for. So let every homosexual and every person of color go buy up a gun. I can guarantee you, you will see them laws change. Of course they of course they will. Let every drag queen in Texas go get a fucking gun. Yep. And let's stand out outside of our bars as security with guns and see how fast some laws change. They will. Because then it's like, oh, we feel threatened. Y'all could show up with guns and shit raving in our face, but when we're just sitting here protecting ourselves from y'all, then it's a problem. Go sit the fuck down. Yep, and I get the whole open carry thing and blah, blah, blah. I'll never open carry a gun. Why do I want everybody to know that I have a pistol? But here's my thing with the open carry thing. Like I said, when we start talking about why I'm not visiting Texas, I am black. Texas is a very racist state. I'm gay. Texas is a very homophobic state. I am super opinionated. If you say anything racist or homophobic to me, I'm going to cuss you out. A lot of those folks are trigger happy and don't know how to use words and articulate a proper argument. So they'll probably shoot me just for calling them out on their bullshit. I'm good. Also, I don't want your mother to nuke the entire state of Texas. As far as Texas, like I said, you're good in Austin, which that's the state capital and it's liberal as hell. Austin, Dallas, Houston, I get that. But yeah. it's the same reason why I love fucking Miami. But until the dipshit is out of office, I won't be visiting there. Uh, I know some people want me to come to Florida for the Miami Giants game, but yeah, I don't know about all that. Because I'm with Florida right he, now. He, he showed his stupidity. You're, he took on Disney. What is wrong with you? He a dumbass for that. Disney, first of all, one of the biggest entertainment companies in the world. Second of all, do you know how many homosexuals work in Disney? Do you know how petty gay people can be? Disney is also one of the biggest money makers in Florida. In Florida. You're, you're your state Orlando. Your, is, state uh, are, your state economy feeds off of Disney, sir. Yep, Orlando's a global city because of its tourism. Well, that's like the, they were supposed to be doing another Disney complex in Florida. They're like, yeah, we're going to put this in California. Yeah, I heard about that. You just fucked your state out of a whole bunch of revenue and jobs because you want to wave your dick around. 
speaking to California, that's another thing that annoys me about Texas. A lot of people from California, because of how expensive California is, and they mm-hmm. can easily get a job here in Texas, they're moving from California to Texas. So, so there's but, some California influence here in Texas, and the but, Texans do not like it. I no, but see, here's the thing: that California influence, in my opinion, from a political standpoint, is what's going to shift some of the stuff that needs to be shifted in Texas where it needs to go. Texas is a pretty big state. It's going to take a lot more than what they're doing now, but it, it's. But if that those people I can't say California, it's working, but it's it's. Doing something. Those people from California are moving to the more powerful parts of Texas. So if they yeah. can get those big cities under their belt, <clears throat> those cities have more political power. But so they'll generate. People... Go ahead. Oh, but then there are some people in California who move to Texas and they embrace Texan culture. Yeah, I know. Politics. They embrace that. Well, here's state. the thing about California. What people don't realize is not all of California is as liberal as it makes it sound either. Same thing it's with not. New York. California like, has so many big cities that basically majority of California is going to be pretty liberal, but nah, California is not as liberal as people think. It's the same thing with New York. When you get into upstate New York, you get a lot of that upper crust, old money, look down their nose at people of color, hide, yep. their, hide the gay family member under the table when people come to visit type of mentality. And this is the conversation I've had with people about a lot of these things. The entire, co- the entire country of the United States is more conservative than just the big cities that hold the power. Those are the only things giving any sensibilities of e- equality amongst freedom. What people don't realize is if that was a more widespread mentality, it'd be more beneficial for the country. But some of these people don't have access to this information in these conversations to push that needle. Right. I got into an argument with somebody on, cause you know, gay pride week was just last week. Yeah, I know. I got into an argument with somebody on Twitter cause they were talking about how, oh, there's no resources for us outside of these big cities for gay events that aren't like parties or da-da-da-da-da. I was like, a simple Google search will tell you all you need to know about most of these small cities and towns that usually have some sort of community outreach program. You just have to look for it. I'm sorry. It's not safe for them to publicly advertise or necessarily put a pride flag on their establishment or things like that in a lot of places around this country. You have to seek out the information. It's and they got mad at me for saying they need to seek out the information. No, you're supposed to. That's what you're supposed to do. And it's not safe at all. Well, I mean, you can't just sit there and automate. I mean, we're supposed to have free reign to go anywhere, but based on it's just like, you know, we're black. There's still sundown towns in this fucking country. Oh, there's some here in Texas. <laughs> That's what I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's not necessarily safe to be of an othered intersectional identity everywhere. So sometimes you have to do a little bit of extra work to find information. I'm about an hour and a half from one town that was a known sundown town. It's right next to Beaumont. When I drive to either when I'm driving to uh, the times I've driven to New Orleans, if I pass through that town, I'm just like, nope, I make sure I got gas. I'm not stopping here. As a matter of fact, once I pass Beaumont, I don't intend on stopping anywhere I pass Beaumont unless until I get to Lake Charles, Louisiana. Because all those towns are suspect out there. People don't realize that. They think that everything's supposed to be all 
there, there, so HBO did a show called We're Here where they went around to towns around the country. They even did one in Jersey, which was very surprising. Yeah, there's some, there were Sundown towns in Jersey too. But the whole point premise of the show was they went to small towns that didn't necessarily have a strong gay population. And most of these towns had some sort of like little community group or something. And a lot of them said, we can't put a flag outside. We yep. can't advertise in the newspaper. We have a Facebook group and da 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 because the internet has a little bit more latitude. People could easily find these. And the same thing for like black people, Latino people, or stuff like that living in places where they don't feel. You can find the stuff. You just have to look for it. It's sad that you have to. Right. It's crazy, but you can't it's do there. things because these little small communities, they hold enough power because they're so small to chase the minorities out or keep them in hiding. Right. There, like I said, there's a town right next to Beaumont, Texas, called Vider, Texas. At one point, they were trying to build units to move minorities in. When the sun dropped down, the white people that lived in that town were scaring the minorities out of there to the point where they forced them to move out by scaring them and stuff, telling them they don't belong here and all types of... This fucking areas here in Houston where they got signs up, black people not allowed. Still to this day? Yeah, little neighborhoods or whatever, ducked off somewhere. Black people not allowed. Or you drive somewhere, you just get the feeling that you ain't supposed to be there. That Lovecraft Country showed it when they showed they highlighted the fact that, about the green books. Shit. I was even working with a train under a white dude, and he said, "Man, we ain't supposed to be here." And I'm like, "He's white," but then he looked at me and said, "You really aren't supposed to be here," and he's white. So if he said he ain't supposed to be there, what the hell am I doing there? That's the 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 world is a whole entire hot mess, and people need to understand that it's not that hard. The power of minding your business is strong. Leave people the fuck alone. It or the best hmm? the best statement that was made was if you don't, if you don't like gay marriage. Don't get gay married. You don't have you have an issue with transitioning and people being trans. Don't be trans. The people, the amount of people that's up in arms about some of a lot of this shit is just it's crazy. It's like, how does this affect you in any way, shape, or form? If it doesn't, if it doesn't take food off your table, it doesn't stop you from raising your kids the way you you know want to raise them. If it's not paying your bills. Why the fuck are you sitting there all fucking butthurt about shit? And it's worse when it comes from people of color and minorities. I'm like, hey. That's, an, that's another Hi. thing. That's, that's a subject for another time. But, you know, our own people. I, I got a whole lot of stuff I can say about that. And, I, you know, I've, been, I've been called that F slur by more black people than anything else in my life. The biggest thing about black people is we contradict ourselves. Yes. We don't want to sit there. We, we hate when white people say certain things about us and blah, 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 act a certain way towards us. But then we turn around and show the same damn behaviors that we're denouncing in white people. And, and then we don't we, see that. But when we get, and then when we get called down on, oh, no, it's different. It's not different. Right. No, it's not different. That's the, that's the biggest fucking problem I have right now. No, it's not different. It, it, it's the same thing. Just with exactly. a different, it's it's the same book with a different cover, right? 
All right. Well, we're getting close to that time that I was trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah, almost an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. So before we go, anything else you would like to say? Um, um not much. Everybody just be peaceful, be safe, mind your business, enjoy life. All right. Well, you stay hydrated down in that Texas heat. I will. I'm actually out of work for a little bit because uh injured my finger so and you would use your hands for work so that's yep thank god for insurance and workman's comp i didn't injure that work so it's just fmla no workman's comp okay well at least yeah. is that yep all right i will talk to you later all right man bye bye so i almost wanted to dedicate an entire episode to this but that will be a very long episode because this is something I kind of talk about regularly in a way, um, but it highlights a lot of things that need to be discussed within our community. Um, there's recently been a documentary release called Stroll about um, transgender sex workers working the various strolls on the west side of lower Manhattan and things of that nature and other assorted locations as well from the 70s, 80s into the 90s. And those who have survived that era and their experiences and talking about what they had to go through and its impact on greater society and on the LGBT community at large. And a lot of these... Um, historical contextual facts I put in a lot of my content come from knowing the stories of these people's experiences and seeing a documentary where they get to share them themselves firsthand um, gives some confirmation and validation to kind of why I use my platform the way I do. There's so much history that we are not told in general in America but even in our own intersections of community that we don't understand and when we finally get to see that it puts pieces together that needed to be joined for us to have a better understanding of where we've come from where we are and where we are going and all of these beautiful trans women um, and other people involved in the project shared firsthand stories about living and surviving on the streets and how they learned and they built community even within a community um, having to be sex workers, how they took care of themselves and the camaraderie that was there and the tragedies that occurred in the streets um, with them and the people they were out there with. And even the interactions with police political actions taken against them, how the economy crash and gentrification affected their lives and abilities as sex workers, because at that time we didn't have the level of trans visibility and trans acceptance that we have. So a lot of these um, women, this was their only way to make a living and to find a way in the world. And they were definitely um, a meter reader of sorts for where society was at the time for how much people were willing to spend, what they wanted done or were willing to do, the frequency of clients and things like that, or even their living circumstances. There's even a discussion about how the internet impacted their existence moving through the world. And 
I could go on for days about this, but definitely something everyone should take the opportunity to watch. And I will say this 10 toes down wholeheartedly. If you watched Paris is Burning, if you've watched and the band plays on any of those things, this needs to be right up there on that list. If you truly value the LGBT community as a member of the community that wants to know their history or an ally that wants a deeper understanding of where the community has come from and what we have fought for, this is definitely something you need to see.